I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing excellent. Good to hear. Glad to hear that. My man. Your man? Who's your man? Elon Musk. Oh, Elon Musk rules the world and the Twitterverse and every verse. Because now Twitter claims user growth is at an all-time high after Elon's purchase. Wait, I'm sorry. Everybody was threatening to leave. How is it at an all-time high? Curiosity killed the cat. But not Twitter. Not Twitter, but isn't it interesting, all the millions of bots? And they're taking the bots away, yet users... Are increasing, increasing. despite the fact that the bots are decreasing. That is different. Unexpected. Well, and a slew of celebrities announced that they would leave Twitter. Right. So I thought that we were supposed to just like see Twitter die a fiery death because everybody just left it. Sounds like we're replacing them with people that have class. Real people? Real people with class? Real people with class. Yeah. I So I did hear that Twitter staff... On one hand, was told to work like 84 hours a week that some people were sleeping under their desks. And so that's something that I don't agree with. The The, the job should not be 24 hours a day. However, something I do agree with with Twitter is Twitter started fact-checking Biden which we had not seen up until Elon Musk's purchase. So I appreciate the fact checks being even-handed. And? And? Was his fact check, was he legitimate? Was he telling the truth? Or was it a little lie? Was Biden telling the truth? Well, it turns out that Biden was not telling the entire truth. He was not honest? No, which is weird. So Biden told the Twitterverse, he put out a tweet that seniors are getting the biggest increase in their social security checks in 10 years, thanks to Biden's leadership. That's what the White House tweeted. And so then the tweet got a little tag on it that said, uh, Twitter states that readers need to add context or context needs to be added to this tweet. Which is seniors will be receiving the large social security benefits due to the annual cost of living adjustment, which was elevated based on inflation. So it wasn't Biden's leadership that led to the largest increase in however many years. It It was was his lack of leadership. And the fact that we now have such high inflation. So thank you, Twitter, for putting out a note that Biden's, well, the White House's tweet wasn't entirely accurate. Well, and the White House was so upset they had that tweet removed. Yeah, they had to delete their tweet because they didn't like the fact check that came with it. So does that mean he was detweeted? How do you? What's the terminology for that? Right, when you detweet yourself? Yeah, when you're untweeted. Hilarity, that's what it is. Hilarity. One thing I can say, though, or ask, who's going to be the 2024 presidential nominee? So it looks like Trump may be raring for a rematch or maybe raring for an, I don't even know if it's a rematch because I'm not sure that he expects Biden to still be the nominee, but he came out against DeSantis. And so it will be interesting if Trump does, in fact, run or if that's something in Trump verse to help bolster Ron DeSantis, because he kind of does that when he gets into the little name calling sessions or tries to boost himself. It's not necessary that necessarily that he's going to run, but maybe maybe that um, he's just trying to give the the. The credence to or the back and forth that gets them elevated in the press. So it'll be interesting to see which way it goes. Well, I would be a little concerned. I, I like him. I like what he did. 
but I don't think he should run because I'm not in the know, but I'm almost 100% certain that they're going to make the next four years after a presidential election, if he won again, the exact same redo as his last presidency. We'll have four more years of Trump-Russia collusion and four more years of Trump's a sellout to insert world leader. That whole thing, is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. We just need to get somebody in there midterm-wise and presidential-wise that can get us back to affordable fuel, affordable groceries, affordable rent, affordable mortgages, um, something that doesn't wipe out your 401k, doesn't take money out of your pension, um, somebody that actually cares about the American people and not about their self-serving interests and how they can make a buck for themselves. The only reason I say make a buck for themselves because I actually listen to the gubernatorial candidate down in Arizona, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake, yeah. And she made the comment that if you're a lifetime politician, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, and you're a multimillionaire, and you weren't a multimillionaire before you went into politics, then you're a crook. And I believe there is some... I can respect that. There's some truth and validity to that, and that's absolutely her right to say it. But, you know, we can point fingers at a lot of people that have gone into Congress... Or, you know, both sides, House and Senate, basically with menial jobs or, or, you know, farmers or other positions. And then by the time they get out of office after four or five or six or seven terms, they're multimillionaires. Right. And unfortunately, that does seem to be truth of, truthful for both the right and the left. So something that was pointed out. So Biden was listed as a professor and. So it wasn't Dr. Jill Biden that was a professor, but in fact, Joe Biden himself. So he said that after he left office as the VP, he became a professor. But apparently, he didn't teach a single class. And it was a million-dollar gig for his honorary professorship. Nice. So from February 2017 to April of 2019, he was a professor And he even told this to um, an audience in New Mexico that he was a professor. And so Biden uh, put this comment in while touting how much time he spent with the Chinese president. I don't know why this would be something to brag about how much time you spent with a world leader who is arguably um, a killer of mass proportion that he's killed so many individuals and he's imprisoned so many individuals. He even imprisoned the former leader of China while he was being honored just recently. But anyway, so when he was the vice president, he goes out of office for four years before he's elected to president to the presidency and he says i was a professor he was a professor teaching bs in class yeah so he he got a million dollars or i should say he made about nine hundred thousand dollars off of 12 lectures but never taught an actual semester a full semester of work so he got to do 12 lectures and make nine $100,000 and call himself a university professor. I just took a class recently, and I'm sure he got something for it, so that's what they call quid pro quo Joe. Quid pro quo Joe. So he gets to, here in the world of, I understand he technically left office, but $900,000 for 12 lectures. Pretty good, 12 lectures, never teaching one class. That's the... um, Helping out to friends, and somebody That's needed a way to, to get money. Yeah, somebody needed Laundering. to probably launder some money, so they moved some money around to him, just like they did with Chelsea Clinton and some of the others. And oh, his son Hunter. Hunter Biden. Yes. Well, Hunter Biden is the introducer extraordinaire. He introduces people. He has lunches or dinner with people, and magically, his pocketbook is filled. Yeah, like other folks have said, not me, because I'm not in a no. I'm just a simple guy living here in Fresno. 
but they seem to run across a lot of money doing some not so honest things. I'm apparently in the wrong business. Or the right business, if you look at it the other way. Well, it depends on your... No Shannon for prison. Yes. Shannon would not look good in an an orange jumpsuit or blue or in jeans. Absolutely. And Hunter will never see a jumpsuit because I'll make sure he's well protected. Oh, absolutely. There's no way he's... I would be... I will eat... What is that called? I will eat crow. Yes. Well, that's the Clinton syndicate, the Biden syndicate, the Schumer syndicate. I thought that was eating lead. And the Pelosi syndicate. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about California, but still in the realm of politics. What shouldn't technically be political, but it is political because it's Paul Pelosi. So there is so much going on and so much to unpack with Paul Pelosi. Yes. Now, on one hand... I kind of see that he's a private citizen. I understand his wife is a public figure, is a public representative, but he is technically a private citizen. But anyway, Mr. Private Citizen has apparently, well, one, he's not apparently, he is recovering and he is back home, which is good for him. I hope he makes a full recovery and is able to get through this bad situation that has happened to him. But on the other hand, apparently we should not be allowed to ask questions about what happened to him. We should not be allowed to know anything at all with regard to the police record, the telephonic 911 call, or anything that happened from the moment the individual showed up to his house and the moment he was assaulted, everything in between and and even to the hospital, we should not be allowed to know anything. Even major news media outlets are not allowed to know or ask anything. So even NBC, who reported They did a whole little story on the timeline, what happened, what they knew, who knew it, and then they gave a report. And then all of a sudden it gets pulled from the news media saying this doesn't meet our standards. And so I'm wondering, is it because Paul Pelosi's a private citizen? I I don't know. I think about me, okay, so if I'm at home alone and I have somebody break into my house, and let's just say the same set of facts exist as far as we know today, which is somebody comes in, and I somehow skip off to the bathroom, I call 911, police officers show up, I get attacked, I end up in the hospital. Does the public have a right to know that? Yes. Why do they have the right to know that? Is it like... Because I'm nosy. Okay, well... I mean, so I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Oh, I see where you're going with it. But the other part of me, so when you say no, the other part of me when I look that way says, well, the police officers, public dollars, I have the right to know what they're doing and when they do it. So there might be a certain point where I don't get to see, for instance, if there is video and it, it turns out that Paul Pelosi was in a state of undress because it was nighttime, I don't think I have the right to see him in his underwear. They can blur him out. Like, I don't have that right. But, and I don't think anyone has the right to see me. Nobody should be able to FOIA a record and say, oh, well, the police were called and she was in a state of undress, which doesn't matter. Show the video. I don't agree with that, but you can blur it out. I don't know. Is he a public figure? I mean, he's a multimillionaire. He's a private citizen. Okay. Who's married to a public figure. And it was NBC that retracted the Washington Post as saying it was an erroneous story. So he wasn't attacked? Like, what part of the story is erroneous? Did they say what it what doesn't meet their standards? Well, they're saying it's all conspiracy theory that nobody knows what's going on yet but Paul Pelosi and the police. So then keep it out of the public's eye. But, however, there are police scanners, so I know somebody was listening to a scanner. There had to be some yes. police scanner out there. And then just to to 
kind of make a segue, there are individuals who are being arrested, say, by the FBI or local police all the time. And those records have been FOIA'd and put out. And those are also private citizens. They're not, they're not public figures. So if I can ask for the record of Susie Q, private citizen, who gets arrested for whatever the case may be, why can't I not ask for the record of him? And High should, profile or not. You should be able to. And it's just like when he hit somebody as a drunk driver. They tried to hide those records Tried too. to hide the records. And that's more because not only is he a private citizen, but he is the husband of Pelosi. So they're trying, if anything was... Um, not totally honest or above board. They were just trying to hide some of those facts. The interesting thing about this with him and this crazy man was the fact that you had more than one story within hours. And there always seems to be some kind of weird stuff with politicians and their spouses when there should be, you know, he's a multimillionaire. They've made, quote, the American dream possible so they should be the people that us commoners as you'd call us look up to but why is there always some kind of backstory or backscatter when these people get in trouble or something happens to them this was a violent attack i mean if the guy i don't know how he hit him with that hammer if he hit him with the head or the claws but he could have killed him Absolutely. It only takes, what is it, six pounds of, of force. Of force to, So that yes. is less than a bowling ball, and a hammer would have been more, you know, with presumably a 40, I think he's in his 40s, a 40-year-old's brute force. How is he able to make it that far? And we should be allowed to ask, did the police officers not act correctly? Did they act in a manner that put a person at risk? Uh, there's honestly, for me, there's a million questions and we should be allowed to ask them all, which is what I just said, as far as the police not acting correctly, did they allow a man to get assaulted in their presence? Cause that is something that has been brought up that Paul Pelosi answers the door. So it turns out that right now the story is Paul Pelosi, not an unknown figure, but Paul Pelosi is the one that answered the door. And then he walked back to the perpetrator who would ultimately hit him in the head with a hammer. Well, here's something for you. Maybe even though that person may have announced themselves as law enforcement or as a police officer or a detective, he's 81 years old. He's awoken from a sleep, apparently. He's confused. And he's not sure if that's another assailant. Another bad guy, yes. Yeah, so somebody... he backs away from that person and ends up going back to this other nut job and gets whacked in the head with a hammer. Yeah, so long story long, why is it okay to come out and say that Paul Pelosi was attacked by a right-wing extremist who was incited in the same way that people were incited to commit the January 6th violence? True story. This is what was out in the news media within 24 hours, a story that was being perpetrated. So why is that okay? But somebody coming out and saying, why is this guy who apparently supports a nudist colony group of people living in Berkeley in a bus, pretty much homeless, identifying with mostly left-wing individuals and ideology, how was he able to do what he did with his background? Those questions are not okay. And they should be. And the very first thing that should be asked, in my opinion, why is the man still in this country? Absolutely. So that's actually a good topic of discussion, talking about Paul Pelosi and others in politics because why do these people think that they have to treat us like we're undereducated, don't have a thought process on our own, and all they can do is come up with Huey and Louie and think that we're going to bite off on it? Because if you sell people on the fact that the other side, whatever that other side is, you can be right-leaning, you sell them on the fact that the left is dumber than a box of rocks, or you can be left-leaning, and you tell them that the right is dumber than a box of rocks. You just sell people on 
this deserves privacy and you're an idiot. And they do that on both sides. So would that be how Adolf Hitler got people to follow him and do the things that they did to unsuspecting Jews in Germany? I would say so. That they just said they they picked on a perceived character flaw, a perceived personality flaw, a perceived flaw, basically, in humanity and said this flaw doesn't deserve to have regular rights. And then they go with it. And it's amazing how we pick and choose those people who we're going to treat like this. You know, our uh, senator from Texas, well, not our senator, but senator from Texas, Ted Cruz, was at the uh, Astros World Series victory parade and some knucklehead hit him in the neck and chest with either beer cans or beer bottles. And they actually arrested the suspect, but a lot of people around America made the comment that couldn't happen to a better guy. Right. And so when is political violence acceptable? And you've just highlighted an uh, example. It's okay when I disagree with the other person. It's okay to assault this sitting senator because I don't like him. I don't like what he says. I think he should go. Therefore, it's okay. And we saw that with our senator from Kentucky. Oh, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. We saw it with. And that was a neighbor. Yes. While he was mowing his lawn. And it was an example of, it's okay because I don't like him. It's okay when a Bernie Sanders supporter shoots a Republican at a friendly baseball game because I don't like him. So as long as you, I don't like him or her, it's okay. And then if it's not the right perpetrator, you try to own the narrative and make it the right perpetrator. For instance, Gabby Giffords, something that we were sold on for a decade and longer was that she was shot by a right wing skinhead extremist. And when you dive into the research, it turns out that this individual had an affinity for Gabby Giffords. And when he didn't receive the right attention from her after three years, he goes off and he decides to shoot her and people at her rally. We don't own the narrative, therefore we change the narrative to the right narrative. Well, we better get this discourse fixed and understood because it's only going to get worse and more dangerous because a lot of the youngsters nowadays, and I'm going to call them the video game age, have no compunction about pulling out a weapon and shooting you, chasing you down with their car, hitting you with a bat or a hammer, and they're going to change the entire trajectory of American politics and Americans and how we get along. We've been told it's okay when I don't agree with you. So the U.S. Navy has raised their recruiting enlistment age to 41. Can I go back now? You can go back in now. So we've talked several times in the past about fuel issues in the military. Not not uh, having enough fuel to get past age 41, but uh, putting fuel in the water. Putting fuel in the water supply. Obviously, not intentionally. Well, we hope not intentionally. Well, let's kind of talk about that. So if you know that you have leaks and you're not fixing them and they leach into the water table, are you intentionally leaking water into the, or fuel into the water table? My answer to that is yes, you are. Mine would be uh, kind of slanted towards yes as well. Well, the U.S. military in Hawaii has finally removed all the fuel out of the Red Hill storage facility pipelines. Okay, that contaminated thousands of houses and facilities, including daycare facilities, so it should not have been fought that they needed to drain it. Well, it sickened 6,000 people, and there's no telling what the long-term effects of that are going to be. You just look towards uh, Camp Lejeune. 
because there's a long-term effect issue going on right there. Yeah, I keep getting notifications if I want to join the lawsuit, but I was not stationed at Camp Lejeune. Nor was I. And that is a, a marine area, but it doesn't mean there couldn't have been some cross components. But I find it interesting, and I wonder if um, Oceanside, Camp Pendleton, will ever be added to that because they had a big problem with contamination in their housing. And so they would send out notices that said for the year, because they, they test every month, they would test the water supply every month, and they would send out annual notices. And their notices would say, sometimes when we tested, the water was bad. And sometime when we tested, the water was good to drink. So when we averaged it, on average, the water was good to drink. Therefore, you're okay. Clearly, that's not how <laughs> contamination works. So I'm wondering when Camp Pendleton will be added to the Camp Lejeune problem, will be added to the Red Hill problem, will be added to the insert other location here problem. It will be soon because just like asbestos poisoning and such, that everything follows suit. So once one gets rolling, the next will get rolling and the next one will go. Well, they're going to close Red Hill permanently. So there was still a million gallons sitting in the pipes because they stopped using uh, those tanks last November. So now they're going to seal up and they're going to remove the fuel out of the tanks and then they're going to remove the whole system and clean it up because that aquifer does supply water to 450,000 people. So let's talk for a second about moving at a military pace because we've been talking about the Red Hill water problem for quite some time. It started last year. This water crisis started last year, and the water crisis in Camp Lejeune started decades ago. The water crisis in Oceanside, which isn't technically at crisis level yet, but it started more than 15 years ago. So let's talk about moving at a military pace. So the Army has just admitted that it wrongfully added soldiers to a criminal database for something that we talked about previously on this show, which is there was a recruiting investigation. So in the Army, they couldn't get enough people post 9-11 to join the military, so they started a program where you could refer a a potential recruit, and if they joined, the Army personnel would get a piece of the pie. They would get a little bit of money. Well, some individuals turned it into a fraud scheme in which they put their name down for a recruit that never had anyone actually refer them. It was just somebody who wanted to join. And so in order to get money, they just said, oh, yeah, such and such a person referred them. So there was this up proportional scheme out of this but then people who legitimately referred people to join the army and got money well the army just decided they were going to add people to a database when they started investigating the scheme and that addition included people who who were completely legitimate in their referrals but they got added to the the quote-unquote fraud portion of the investigation so somebody did a background check that referring bot person would come up as a fraudster so they couldn't get jobs they get got denied for promotions they just started adding names as if that person had a criminal conviction never referred never went through the um, criminal process nothing at all And they had no idea that they were even added until they went to do a background investigation. So this has been going on for a number of years because that program ended some time ago. And it, uh, by the way, by some time ago, I mean, it ran from 2005 to 2012. And people were still getting pegged as if they were fraudsters and getting the $2,000 payments or thousands of dollars if they referred numerous individuals. So can you imagine, a decade later, the Army finally acknowledges, oh yeah, we wrongfully added some people. Happens quite a bit with them. So 
Oh, that's moving at the pace of the military. Yes. Slower than herding turtles. Well, I think they just, uh, they being our president, just gave an award out to somebody that was in during, I believe, I want to say Vietnam era, maybe earlier, when the, the man should have had that award like years ago. Yeah, why does it take so long? Moving like, at the pace like of military. Said, moving at the pace of military. For sure. We are in political season, and as of two days ago, we had our our votes put in. Some people voted early. Some people waited till day of. I'll admit that I'm a day of person because of past issues where the person I wanted to vote for decided to step out of the election. So I wait till day of. Quid pro quo. He was promised a position, so he backed out. And he got it, Mr. Transportation Secretary. But with all of that said, it's interesting what has come up over the last few months. And I understand, it's like, for me, it's political, but something shouldn't be political. We should just know these things, but it's a political cycle that brings it out. For instance, the Portland mayor who is rerunning for office decides to remove a homeless encampment because it doesn't look good. Portland, Oregon or Portland, Maine? Portland, Oregon. Okay. It doesn't look good. People are tired of the homeless taking over different areas. So apparently the Portland mayor decides to clean up the homeless camps and begins to build pickleball courts. That's weird. Trying to get votes, is he? It seems like getting votes is more important. I don't understand how pickleball courts play into it, but they they get rid of a homeless encampment for pickleball courts. We now, we cared about the homeless. We said they can live anywhere, and now, nah, let's get rid of them. Well, we'll care about them again after I get reelected. Thank you very much. Please vote for me. We have now moved your homeless encampments uh, 10 miles away from town. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So let's talk about holding people accountable. I try to do that all the time. So again, this election season, we were told that we should forgive and forget about all of the stuff that happened during the last two years. We should forgive for making mistakes. So the mistakes being shutting children out of an education for more than a year. We should forget that... People had to die alone in hospitals because they weren't allowed to have anyone in their support system present. We should just forgive and forget these things. Sue them. Don't forget. Well, we can't sue. They took away our ability to sue. So what do we do? We don't forget. If we can't sue, then don't forget. Does that mean we vote them out of office? Is that how we don't forget? That's the hope that we have made our decision known or if people are completely satisfied with our educational system, if people are completely satisfied with the learning loss, if people are completely satisfied with the fractured relationships and the people who had to die alone and the fact that if you had, for instance, someone I knew had cancer come back and they were told, Well, it appears that it has come back, but it wasn't active when the pandemic started. So you'll just have to wait until we're seeing patients again. True story. We should just forget about that. I'm kind of of the opinion we don't. So make sure your vote counted. I hope your vote counted, and I hope you remembered that. And if you vote and reelect the same individuals that caused all this mayhem, don't complain when you're paying an extra 200 bucks a week for your groceries, 100 plus a week for your fuel, plus your gas, electric, phone bill, car payment, medical bills. Did I forget anything? Your interest rate, if you didn't get a mortgage at the right time, if you finally got the opportunity to buy a house, your interest interest rate is going to be astronomical own it do not complain about it but don't get mad at me if i have a sticker on the back of my car that doesn't support what you support true story yeah 
Yeah. Well, I mean, our so our COVID money. Let's talk about COVID money for Hold a second. Thought. Okay. Because I had a thought. If I don't think it, I'll forget it. So you talked about parents. And if you're satisfied with how your schools were doing, what they did to your kids over the last year or so, unfortunately, there's a caveat to that. If you complain about it, especially if you complain about it before your school board, then you're labeled a domestic terrorist. And you have been labeled a domestic terrorist if you didn't agree wholeheartedly with exactly what your school board, especially in California, ultra left-leaning, wanted to do, say, think, and feel. So then there, yes, you must not forget and you must vote with your pocketbook and what's in the best interest of you and your family. Yes. And a lot of what we were told didn't exist was already in existence. Do not forget that either. And I hope you didn't forget it when you voted. That things that we were told were right-wing conspiracy or ultra-maga conspiracy actually turned out to be truthful. And they're still turning out to be truthful as the weeks go by. And I don't want to say, ha, see, I told you so because I'm not an expert. I'm just a simple guy here. But I kept saying, wait for the data, wait for the data, wait for the empirical data. Now we're finding out that uh, it was a lab leak. Which we weren't allowed to say. And if you said you were just a conspiracy theorist. It happened long before we were told about it. So and if the, you said I was sick with something and I think it happened before, you were also a conspiracy theorist. So the theorist. Chinese government and the WHO hid the, the fact that it most likely started around April, May, or June of the previous year. And we won't know unless they come out. And then we'd have to believe them unless they come out and say this is what actually happened. But the fact that the person with the purse strings for America, Dr. Efford, Put the kibosh on even speaking about it and went and did a tour of baseball pitches and mask wearing while saying that anyone who spoke against him or the U.S. would not receive funds any longer. Yeah, he, he still gets to retire, get his pension, yep, and ride off on his little horsey. But of his millions of dollars that he's gained over this short term, too. Yep. So just don't forget that. And let's talk COVID money. Let's talk COVID money. So during COVID, we were told that our leaders needed to start okaying pandemic funds so that way we could get back on track, get people to safety, and just look out for our fellow Americans. But it turns out that some of the money was just spent in ways that doesn't really seem to align with what we were told it would align with. For instance, a group in um, a watchdog group noted that in Hawaii, there was a $1 million taxpayer funded amount for sea urchin hatchery, as well as $300,000 given for an engineering assessment for the now condemned Aloha Stadium. And then McAllen Independent School District received, uh, or I should say okayed, $4 million in federal funds for an urban bird sanctuary. Oh, in Iowa, they saw $12.5 million dollars to build the baseball stadiums, a stadium that was made famous in Field of Dreams to encourage tourism, and on, and on, and on. Like, there's just all of these instances of things, like, we're not talking about food for needy children. We're not talking about COVID. We're not talking about... COVID funds that went to school districts to keep them open, to give teachers a boost to keep them on site, or a technology boost to keep children with iPads or whatever was necessary, computers, bird sanctuary, assessment of the Aloha Stadium. Don't get me wrong, love Hawaii, but the the money was just so misspent. How do you look at, oh, we have money 
to help us with education and we're going to spend it on something that it just baffles me. Well, it baffles me as well, especially when you have all these Americans out in the system out here that make legitimate errors on their taxes and you hear about them all the time. And the IRS, and I'm not talking about this rumor of them hiring all these new agents and agents and such, but they will come after you with the full force of the law. And yet they will misspend money right down, you know, right, left, and center, and you're just supposed to be okay with it. Billions. You ever heard of Solyndra and other companies to the tune of five hundred million there? And that's nothing now to what they lose, what they they being the experts here, but they're never held to account. And they just fly that money. This is all about political payback. It's not about anything that's right, wrong, or indifferent. They're paying back political operatives for things they've done for them. I would like to say I don't believe it, but it's absolutely believable. Absolutely. You know what else I don't believe is when you have a law and you're supposed to enforce the law, the law doesn't get enforced, or when you do enforce it, and one candidate over the other doesn't like it, he or she will file a lawsuit and say that, well, just because there's ballots that have been sent in that aren't dated, that's just a technicality. How is it a technicality when it's a written law? That is something that we found out during the 2020 election cycle. Was So I know a lot of people disagree uh, on what was found during the investigations of the 2020 election cycle. And they say no widespread fraud, no voter fraud, no this fraud, no that fraud. And the list just goes on. But if you have a set of laws, a set of um, agreed upon, passed, and adjudicated laws that say, and I believe what you're bringing up is that there needs to be a signature and a date This is what our law says. If you want to vote, you can vote. You must sign and date it. And both must be present. And if one or the other is not present, it is not a fulfilled vote. And if you bring up the fact, and this happened in 2020, that some of the votes that were cast did not have either a signature or a date and should not be counted per law, they still counted them. And so now they're trying to say, hey, the law says, you know, just to reiterate, there needs to be a signature and date. And they're still trying to make a gap room, whatever you want to call it, where you don't have to have a dated ballot. And that's where when somebody's losing by three or four thousand votes, then miraculously all these additional ballots. And I'm not saying that it's intentional but they just mysteriously appear right they say oh we're counting 99 percent of the ballots and oh actually we only had 70 percent 30 percent were just found somewhere in somebody's closet or we had these these uh, rolling pieces of luggage that we hid under tables with skirts on it so you couldn't see it because somehow that is both safe and secure best way to keep a ballot let's talk about hurricane ian for a second something that that i've run across recently is that hurricane ian had ruined some man-made reefs and brought an algae bloom to florida and it just kind of brought to my attention that the united states and other countries do this But we make man-made reefs, I don't want to say all the time, but with some frequency, you hear about them sinking a boat, you hear about them sinking different things to make a reef, and over time, uh, the ocean life takes over, and it's just another reef. But again, man-made, it's not coral, it's not made by Mother Nature, so to speak. But then you have a hurricane that goes through, hits the right slash wrong area, stirs up this coral reef, destroys it, not coral reef, stirs up this man-made reef and destroys it. And then some algae bloom comes into areas that were unexpected and then starts to kill marine life in other areas. 
And it just really made me think like in the world of treating our environment well and in the world of changing our environment, is this a case of we don't know what we don't know and by making man-made reefs, we've destroyed our environment unintentionally? It may be counterproductive, yes. So, yeah, we think we're doing a good thing and it turns out we long-term have done a bad thing. And that goes back to what I say all the time. It takes time and it takes empirical data to figure these things out. So here you go. Here's another election thing for you. And I call it a thing. It's an important thing. Georgia judge extends deadline for some Cobb County voters who never received their mail-in ballots. They asked for them. The county clerk says they messed up. Yet 245 of the 1,036 went, I ain't waiting for that thing to come. So they went down to a polling place and actually voted. So something that happens with my taxes, your taxes, all of our taxes, if you do not receive a tax bill for a property, if you own property, if you do not receive the property tax bill, the government lets you know it does not matter. You owe the money, pay the money, figure out how much money you owe and pay it anyway. It doesn't matter if we send you a bill or not. To me, same thing. We didn't send you a mail-out ballot. It doesn't matter if we do. It doesn't matter if we don't. You need to figure it out, and you need to come into the precinct. Same thing it, it, to me. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong in that opinion, but the government can mess up. If we don't pay our taxes, we still owe our taxes. So if we don't pay our vote, so to speak, don't we still owe our vote? Yes. Go make it happen. Absolutely. And... There was a lawsuit filed on their behalf. The lawsuit claimed that many of the others, besides the 250 that voted, may not be able to vote without the extension. So they're getting their ballots overnight through UPS so they have a chance to vote. Well, if it's prior to election day, could you not still go down and vote if you did not receive a mail-in ballot. To a precinct. I would think that you would still be able to vote. And since the voting, the pre-election uh, day voting, early voting, I'm trying to say, in Georgia, is twice as high as it was two years ago, I don't think they're having an issue with getting out the vote. The ability to vote has always been there. Yes. I will say I'm having the opposite problem in the state of California. I have elected to be an in-person voter, and they will not quit mailing me a mail-in ballot. I'm sorry. I just don't trust the mail-in process. Personally, after hearing about how some ballots got missed, there was even a a judicial decision, a, a judge said that the USPS needed to sweep and make sure that they didn't miss any ballots, and it turned out they were missing ballots and things weren't getting in on time. I just don't quite trust USPS to get my vote in on time. Right, and here you read further down into the article. Now, I can understand this resident. Okay, a Madison, a Cobb County resident, Madison Cook, uh, goes to school at Mississippi State University. They were one of the voters affected by the election officials' wouldn't mistake. Just, okay. Okay, wouldn't just be able to take a little drive and go vote. Right. They wouldn't be able to just go vote, and they want their vote counted. So that makes sense. Now, if 800 of the 1,000 and something of them, and that's their issue, they're out of state, they're out of country, I, I get that. But if they're you know two blocks away from a polling place, walk over and vote. Make your vote count. Well, I wonder if they're going to vote for Senator Warnock, who's also from Georgia. I don't know, but here's the weird thing, though. We're supposed to be the most sophisticated country in the world. We're supposed to have the best IT coders, programmers, the best polling officials, the best and brightest councilmen, senators, congressmen, president, vice president, speaker of the house. Why can we not get this right? We so cannot get it right that this election cycle in Brazil 
we had to send our CIA down to make sure we meddled in their election process. Oh, we don't meddle in other people's election process. What are you talking about, sir? Well, the person that put that out is a very well-known commentator on a major, major network. As a matter of fact, he has, I believe, the number one show in the nation for his time slot. And that is right out of his mouth or his lips that he knows for a fact from his inside sources that we had sent the CIA down prior to Brazil's election to make sure that the conservative-style president was not reelected and a former socialist convicted felon won the election and no one was allowed to contest. And people are protesting in the street and people that down there are using social media. Their social media is being cut off. They're being told to keep their mouths shut. They're being beat up in the street. And our president, within hours of supposedly this guy winning his election in Brazil, called to congratulate him. Has he congratulated Netanyahu yet? No. That's interesting. Yep. Well, that's that's probably because the CIA failed and Netanyahu got reelected. Well, they even tried when um, Mr. Obama was president. They meddled. We knew that for a fact because they were using a little-known law to have a small company of ours or a nonprofit pump money into the anti-Netanyahu vote back then. It was unsuccessful then, and it was unsuccessful this time. So jumping to the other things that we do. Don't jump. It's I too jump. high. I jump high. So Senator Warnock, who is running for full election in Georgia, because it was a special election, I believe, when he ran. Raphael Warnock? Yes. So apparently he's used campaign funds to pay for child care, which I guess isn't that unusual for child care because if you have a special event you might need a child care specialist on site but I guess he's paid far more than most end up paying for child care and the largest single payment was $11,000 for child care expenses but he made it out directly to himself calling it child care reimbursement that's weird. Huh. But he has apparently over time owned a, a building which was in a low income housing area and he tried to evict tenants during the pandemic when we were all just kumbaya over evictions. Apparently he tried to evict in rent amounts as low as twenty eight dollars and fifty five cents. Is he a slumlord? Seems like it. Seems like he might be a little bit slummy. I could be mistaken on that read. But he also, because he is a pastor. I don't know if you know that. He's a pastor. I did know that. Apparently the church uh, pays him almost $7,500 a month for a housing allowance. Quite a gig going here. So he's a sitting senator. And he's also... You know, had some $7,500 a month in housing allowance, which even for Georgia, I find to be really high. Didn't his ex-wife accuse him of smacking her around? I think so, but I'm not 100% familiar with that. I'm trying to recall, since we don't live in Georgia and I don't follow Georgia politics. Yeah, but I, I guess since 2020, he's filed something like a dozen eviction lawsuits. And uh, again, some have owed $28, some have owed $125. But the building itself has received over $15 million in taxpayer funds. So we're, I don't know what we're doing, but he's a sitting senator. And I feel like we're doing something a little wrong. Him, like others, have learned to game the system. Yes. So I wonder how much money it would take to end homelessness. Well, it's not a billion dollars. Nope. 
it's not probably not even a hundred billion dollars. I feel like we've spent that much too. Well, I'm just looking at a number here, and the interesting thing is that beyond Mr. George Soros, the Republican mega donors represent seven of the top ten individuals pouring seventeen billion just into the midterms. That money would go a long in way. In the uh, midterms. In the midterms, not even a presidential election. Wow. How much good could we do if we weren't playing politics? A lot for sure. So to follow up on applying for VA benefits, I just would like to, to give a reminder to all of our listeners who are veterans that if you believe that you may qualify for any disability or educational benefits, especially disability benefits, the sooner you apply, the better. If it has been more than one year since you have gotten out of the military, the date of back pay, so to speak, starts from the date that you file. So in order to get the biggest benefit, you need to file sooner rather than later because if you are eligible, it doesn't start until you file. And I just want to give that reminder to all of our listeners because there, there's there been a court case recently where an individual has tried to claim like backdated status, you should give it to me from the beginning, and so far they haven't upheld it. So just so you are fully aware, the sooner you file, even if you don't have a fully formed case yet, your initial filing You have one year to complete your filing. Get it in and hold that date. Get all your paperwork and complete your filing. It goes back to the date you essentially started or held your filing date. That's awesome information. So I need to kind of correct myself on the senator from Georgia, Warnock. Don't correct yourself. Don't? (laughs) No, correct yourself. So he wasn't a wife beater but she accused him of running him, running her foot over with his car. I'm potato, potato. Yeah, but police couldn't find an injury, so they did not file charges, even though the video clearly shows that he did, in fact, run over her foot. So there can be a video of it, but we didn't see it. It doesn't count. Nope, because they wanted him to win the election, the special election. Right, so he is still the senator in Georgia. Yes. Yes, he is. Chance of rain today and two feet of snow in the Sierras. Can you believe it? We have rain and snow. I thought California didn't get that. I thought California was going to dry up and blow away like the Oklahoma Dust Bowl. Well, hopefully that time proves a different story. All us Californians, we're going to move to Oklahoma. We're going to head east. Go east, young man. Go east. Go east, young man. Go east. So this month in history, John Adams becomes the first president to live in the White House. That happened in 1800, so 222 years ago. John Adams moved into the White House. That's awesome. Isn't that something? And uh, did you say 222 years? 222 years ago. So 222 years later, we now have a president who doesn't stay in the White House. He spends 99.999% of his time. No, only like, you know. know, 25 to 33%, which oh, is a huge it's a portion. a huge number. Because that's just his Delaware time. Well, see, because he's like a Tesla battery. When he gets into the White House and he needs ice court, cream, he eats ice cream and then they unplug him. I mean, they plug him back in and charge him up. Well, apparently, the only recharge station is in Delaware. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that it was oh, 222 cool. cool years. History. And if we don't fix some things here, there's not going to be too many more presidents sleeping in that White House. There will not be. No. Because we're on a path to destruction because all good representative republics over a couple, 300 years start to eat and destroy themselves and they just become a footnote in history. It would seem, unfortunately, that we are are on that pathway. So we need to either take a fork to the right or to the left. One side leads to the end 
of an era and the other side leads to a continuation but with revamping who we are and where we go absolutely this has been a podcast produced and edited by the dirt sailor duo Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.